Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. If it takes electing female Republicans to properly fight against critical race curriculum and wokeness in schools, well, then let's elect all the female Republicans. I don't actually think that's what it it takes. It takes the rational mind. But right now, the rational mind is being more most perfectly shown by Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Governor Kim Reynolds. Am I not supposed to note that when people tell me moms want this and moms want that, they never really consider conservative moms? And when conservative moms do want something, they're called what? Domestic terrorists? Or worse? Because after all, as we know, the rules doth apply. If you're conservative and a woman, they don't think you're a real woman. If you're a woman and conservative, you're not a real woman. If you're Jewish and conservative, you're not really Jewish. If you're black and conservative, you're not really black. If you're gay and conservative, you're not really gay. This is who they are. How they think, how they act, how they treat others. The key is to keep up the fight. And when it comes to schools, when it comes to education, when it comes to your kids... Fight like there's no tomorrow. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. We start with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yes, that's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Former press secretary for Donald Trump. Now the governor of Arkansas. First thing she did, day one, signs an executive order saying no CRT in the schools. No critical race theory in the schools. Now, you can really call it critical race curriculum. But critical race theory talks about, you know, and when we talk about it, we're talking about the entire great melting pot of wokeness. And it is good that she has come out against this on day one. Day one stating that simply we will not engage these kinds of teachings uh, that conflict with principles of equal protection under the law. We don't teach children they're guilty for their existence. We don't teach them that they are oppressed, nor do we teach them that they are oppressors, because they are neither. Now, you know that I'm somebody who opposes all of the DEI insanity. Diversity, equity, and inclusion isn't diverse, isn't inclusive, and equity is about hate. If to get equity, you have to keep other people down, that's hate. We have seen Virginia schools that, what what were they, National Merit Scholars? It was a Virginia school, Merit uh, Scholars, and they didn't let the kids know So it's Fairfax Schools is where it was. So this is Virginia, the woke of the woke woke. They delayed informing students of their merit awards to allow other students to have better opportunities. 
They didn't tell kids that they had engaged and, and gotten this commendation from the National Merit Scholarship. So therefore, other students would have a better chance of what? Applying for colleges? Applying for opportunities? They had to keep a group of kids down so another group of kids could feel good. That's not equity. That's hate. No, wait. That is equity. Equity is hate. And there's no one within the sound of my voice who could really argue against such a thing. What I'm saying. I mean, you want to take me on 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. You do not increase one by reducing the other. It's hate. It's bigotry. You should go to jail for such things. What you've done to students is a horror show. So when Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders says we're not going to allow this, she's absolutely right. And then she goes to her gen- what her General Assembly there in Arkansas and speaks some truth. Parents cannot be an afterthought in education. Parents are the foundation of a child's success. So let's give parents a greater role in education, including... including the right to choose the school that's best for their child, whether it is public, private, or parochial. Public, private, or parochial. That's correct. That's accurate right there. Well done and well played and extremely, extremely important. She was not the only one speaking. The governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, delivering her address. My school choice bill will create create education savings accounts for families who choose to send their child to a private school. The state will contribute $7,598 to that account which is the amount of funding the state provides for each child who attends a public school. For students currently attending a private school, the plan will be phased in, focusing first on the families with the lowest income levels. And in three years, every family will have a choice in education and no child will be limited by income or zip code. Just spectacular. To translate that for you, the money follows the student, the money belongs to the student, not the school. The money belongs to the student, therefore the parent, and the parent decides the school that is best for their child. They are not subjected to the school they quote-unquote have to go to. That is real freedom. That is telling parents, you have an opportunity. You can go out there and create a better life for your kid. You actually now have power. You 
can do something instead of sitting on the sidelines crying and hoping that things will get a little bit better tomorrow, you can make them better right now. That's awesome. That is empowering stuff. Terrific. Could not be more overjoyed with this. This is the stuff that matters. And good on Governor Sanders and Governor Reynolds for leading this. Now, you can say to me, other people are doing things, and I'm not going to say no. I'm going to agree with you. You're right. There have been governors who have been on top of this before them. But you get into office, and Reynolds has been there, and now you're hitting. We have crossed the Rubicon on this. People get it. There's a different, better way to think. Let's take a result from these midterm elections. Yeah, Republicans lost the Senate. Yeah, Republicans didn't get the victories in the House they wanted. They won the state house races. They won the school board races. And parents learned that no matter how much that other side moans and kvetches and whatever else it is they do, they keep fighting, they win. Oh, parents better take from this election that they can get it done. And that there are people out there who are on your side. And you may find yourself, oh, I believe this politically, but this person on that political party, they're doing right by me. So for that, maybe I'll just go with, I'll go with them. Right, just one thing, not everything, blow up, baby steps. And maybe you'll never get there, and that's cool too. One political party actually believes that you should be allowed to do what is best for your kids. Another political party doesn't. You know what I can tell you about another political party? Here, 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 here's a story that very few people are talking about. $23 billion, actually $22.5 billion, $22.5 billion. You know what that number represents? California's budget deficit. That, according to Governor Gavin Newsom. Last year, they had a $98 billion surplus. I don't know how you have yourself a $120 billion swing, but leave it to California. People don't want giveaways and bad ideas that cost them and don't create for them. They just want to give their kids a chance at something better. It is sometimes that simple. And some people in certain parties are doing just that. Don't deny it. Figure out ways to embrace it. Meanwhile, I think you should be able to keep your gas stove. And the story has gotten so much bigger than you can imagine. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Eric Swalwell is angry. That he and Representative Adam Schiff and Representative Ilhan Omar are all going to lose their committee assignments. That is good news. That is good news. That the liar, the spy sleeper, and the anti-Semite are going to lose their committee assignments. Tell me, 
Is that or is that not just absolutely, positively a wonderful and fantastic thing to hear? Yes! 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 I agree. I agree. I could see them not being on committee all day. I can do this all day. All day, son. Just, just overjoyed. Adam Schiff is a liar and a fraud, claiming information about Trump and the Russians that never was. Eric Swalwell's compromised because he had some kind of engagement with a Chinese spy. And, well, Ilhan Omar, never mind her anti-Semitism, really has a, a deep, deep anti-American streak. Maybe these aren't people who should be representing uh, on, on these uh, very important committees. All right, their voters can vote for them. But it would be, you'd be real, real radical if you thought these people should be in connected either with uh, classified intelligence or negotiating on behalf of the country. Also, it's important to note, uh, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. What uh, Swalwell is upset by, puts out the, the, the tweet... Byron Donalds admits on MSNBC that Speaker McCarthy is kicking me, Adam Schiff, and Ilhan Amar off our committees purely out of vengeance. Sure, whatever you say. You excuse me, I'm going to go now focus on anything else. That's how little your complaining, whining, and bitching matters. Cry more, as the expression goes. What people have cried out about regarding their stoves, well, this is amazing. It was this lowlife by the name of Richard Trumka Jr. He heads up the CPSC. Uh, the CPSC, in case uh, you, you were wondering, is the, uh, what is that, the Consumer Protection Safety Board, Safety Commission? They claim that they know what's best for you. And if you take a look at this guy's uh, Twitter feed, I swear to you, it looks like it looks so Orwellian. Safety for you, safety for all. Is this even legit? It's crazy. And they want to do away with gas stoves. All of a sudden... Everybody and their mother is an expert on gas stoves. Gas stoves kill, don't you know? I'm sorry, what? Well, everybody knows that gas stoves kill children. I don't know how old you are, but I know how old I am. And in the total lifespan of the life that I've had thus far, no one has ever said stoves kill children. Although I do recall this conversation about wanting to get rid of gas stoves a couple years back. All of a sudden, everybody's an expert on gas stoves. You see, gas stoves can, call, can cause asthma, and, and, and therefore, you, you can't have them in, in, in houses. Kids are getting sick. We have to do away with them. And this guy, Trumka, thinks he has the right through this committee, I'm sorry, through this agency, well, if we think it's bad, we're just going to ban it. 
Nobody elected him. Nobody voted for this Jack you-know-what. Nobody voted for him. And he thinks he can just be like, yeah, yeah, we get, we get rid of him. We decide it's bad for you. We get rid of it for you. We're the Consumer Protection Safety Commission, and we know what's best. Beyond Orwellian. Over there at CNN, your gas stove... Oh, it's, it's a killer. But it speaks to the emotion yeah. of food and how we prepare it and certain styles. And this is 100 years of advertising. You're cooking with gas now was a deliberate campaign from the American Gas Association when they were up against wood and coal mm-hmm. back in the 30s. Even today, a couple of years ago, it was found that they're sort of paying influencers to cook out their gas stoves because electric, frankly, is so superior just in terms of it's much more efficient, it's safer, the new induction stoves are safer and all of that. And this has created sort of gas wars in different parts of the country. They banned it in new construction in New York City, out west in California, Washington State. But a lot of states have preemptively banned gas bans. And you can imagine they're usually red states in, in Texas leading the way. They want to- That's a guy by the name of Bill Weir. He's the chief climate correspondent at CNN. So, uh, you know, he's got himself a take. Gas allows for more opportunities in getting the right heat for that stove cooking. Now, admittedly, we use a dual fuel. We use gas for the cooktop, and we use electric for the baking because we think it gives a more all-around uh, better feel for the, for the baked good. But he goes on. Stop this because it's an existential threat to that business. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's you know the science is showing us that having – a gas stove in a small apartment, especially with bad ventilation, it's like having an, a car idling there. And if you have wow. young kids. So I have to have a small apartment with bad ventilation. How many more ways does it have to fit your fable? Well, people go out of their heads about this. And then Trumpka, this jerk, he then uh, says, whoa, 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 whoa. To be clear, we're not coming for anyone's gas stoves. The regulations apply to new products. Translation. You can have a gas stove if you want to use that old one, but if you want a new stove, you can't have it. It's like California saying we'll only sell electric vehicles by the year 2030, whatever it is. If you ask why I favor small government, it's this. They hate you. They hate you. I hear you, you think gas ovens are killers. I want a gas oven, and I don't give a damn what you care about me for. Stop caring about me. I don't care if you care about me. I want you to shut your mouth and go away. And if you think you know better for my kids, I want to fight you in the streets. It's like the second time or third time I've had to say this today. It never dawned on me in my life how many times I'd have to remind someone I'm willing to fight for my kids. Leave us alone. That's what people want. They want to be left alone by these do-gooders, by these namby-pamby beta male jerks who think they know what's best for you and get off on the power. I just want you to go away. Get off the damn stage. And let's put an end to the agency class, right? We have the fourth branch of government. We've got the, the legislative, the executive, the judicial, and now the agency. Now the Biden team's like, well, maybe we won't do this. Burn the agency to the ground, figuratively, of course. Stop their funding. That's how it's done. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.
So I must admit that I am shocked, stunned. Clearly, I had the wrong read. Because when the Colts lost to the Houston Texans 32-31 to in a game the Texans should have been ga- glad, thrilled, overjoyed to give away and didn't, uh, I, uh, I said, all right, that's, that's the end of Chris Ballard. That's the end of Chris Ballard and, and as the general manager, and we'll start seeing some movement and, and everything else. And all I've seen is people talking in glowing terms about Jeff Saturday, the interim coach. And I've got Chris Ballard saying, you know what? The season's all my fault. I did it all wrong. It's all on me, and I'm going to work like hell to fix it. And now you're asking yourself, wait a second, is nothing changing? I mean, nothing at all? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. JMV joins us, a sports aficionado. Heard at 93.5107.5, the fan in Indianapolis. Uh, I, look, uh, this is my town. uh, I'm supposed to say this is my team and not being a guy who kept any of his uh, New York uh, allegiances. I'm thrilled to say it. But no one's getting fired, JMV. What the hell is going on? Uh, it just appears as of right now that Jim Ursay is trust in the general manager, certainly a level of trust that I don't have after six years. I think it's time for a change. And in fact, we talked about this before. I would go with the change uh, because of the lack of results, but also, I mean, you're going to be going out there and you better get yourself a longer term, high first round draft pick quarterback. And you're more than likely going to find another coach. We shall see. We'll get into that part in a second. So why not the general manager? Why not put all of this on the same clock? And in particular, the head coach and the general manager. I thought, to me, results were enough to go ahead and move on, but apparently not. And Jim Mercer is going to stick with Chris Ballard. And you know what this does? I mean, this Chris Ballard is going to be here. He's contractually here until 2026. To me, there is no doubt that is the length of time. So he is going to be here for the better part of a 10-year span. And through the first six years, you got one playoff win, two playoff appearances, and no AFC South titles. That's where we are. It's a tough one to explain to me, Tony, as as to why Jim Mersey has decided to go ahead and put the trust once again into Chris Ballard. It's hard for, I think, a lot of people to understand. It may equally be tough that when when we hear this conversation about Jeff Saturday, you know, you talk to local press and they're all about, you know, the, the, the team really loves him. They, they think he's tough. They think he's fair. Uh, and you're like, well, this is the kind of stuff people say when they want a guy to stay. Are the players telling you, because I know you've got the insight there, are the players telling you, are the people telling you they want Jeff Saturday to stick around as coach or they want him to stick around in general? They're going to say what the players are going to say. You know what I mean? And that's one thing that has held true this season. And then, and really you can kind of look at it two different ways. Is You haven't in a, a lost, embarrassing season of four wins you haven't had anything bubble up that we have seen on the sideline. Haven't heard a lot of what may be going haywire on the interior. Things we don't see, things 
certainly we don't end up hearing. And I don't know if that is, well, this team is calm, cool, and collected, or this team is completely checked out and has no backbone and really doesn't give a crap at this point. It could be either or. But they're not going to say anything regarding Jeff Saturday, just like they're not going to say anything regarding anybody right now. And Tony, let me tell you this. This Jeff Saturday pick, if he is coming back, if he does end up coming back and getting the job full-time, that will be solely a Jim Irsay decision. And Chris Ballard was talking in that presser yesterday, and you could tell that that was going to be the ultimate. He doesn't want Jeff Saturday. He didn't want Jeff Saturday when he was hired on an interim basis. That was all Jim Irsay. And if Jeff Saturday hangs around as the head coach going into the 2023 season, that is because Jim Irsay wants him to be there and not Chris Ballard. That ultimately is going to be left up to the owner. And we'll see where they go. To me, I've got some obvious things that I would like to see the Colts to address and go at it hard. But as of yet, you haven't heard anything. And listen, Jeff Saturday is fully, and I mean fully, an option here for this team moving forward, and it's hard to understand as well. Talking to JMV, uh, sports aficionado out of Indianapolis, I came across what could be the most ridiculous headline I may have ever read. It was over there at Colts Wire, part of USA Today. This is the headline. This is a real headline happening in in a so-called news outlet. Jim Ursay has final say in Colts head coach search. Why is this shocking to anybody? Did anybody think that Chris Ballard would have the final say here? Well, I think it's it's not so much shocking, Tony. I just think it looks discombobulated because we already know how Chris Ballard – I guess we don't 100% know, but I think we have a pretty good feel how Chris Ballard has felt about Jeff Saturday being the coach, how he didn't want it, and how certainly moving forward he's not going to want it. So normally what you would have is you know the general manager and the owner on the same page to make that hire. But if it is Jeff Saturday – then clearly you don't have that cohesion. So I think that would support that particular line. But no, you're absolutely right. Everything is going to be checked off at the very last to get the deal done with Jim Irsay, regardless of what happens. That's why that's why the Colts fans need their leader, their owner, to take one healthy, huge, tremendous baseball-style cut at Jim Harbaugh of which I have not heard that they have yet, and I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes, but that is exactly what you need as the head coach. You need one of the top quarterbacks. You need to get yourself up to the number one pick, so you need to trade, and you need to blow away the Bears in that capacity. You need to have your choice of those available quarterbacks, and you need Jim Harbaugh. The rest of it here from now on, you know, after Chris Ballard's coming back as the general manager, the rest of this is, to me, just a bunch of chin wagon here. To me, you have to have those two things. We'll see if they end up doing it, see if they end up trying to do it, see if they can do it. But that's exactly what this organization needs, Tony. Let's take a look at who is being discussed. You talk Jim Harbaugh there coming out of Michigan. I still argue that the odds there are very, very small. Who are the Colts bringing in? I know one of the names is Raheem Morris. I'm not actually opposed to that to that choice at all. He has seen levels of success as he's moved around uh, the, the league. Who else is look, being looked at top line? Who is it that you think kind of fits this team underneath? 
Well, you know, they're getting a couple of interviews with the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, of the Lions, the defensive coordinator under Dan Campbell, the Lions, Aaron Glenn, also is going to have himself an interview. And you brought up Raheem Morris, who, you know, has a history as a head coach in the NFL, most recently still out in L.A. with, with the Rams as the defensive coordinator. And, and what may end up playing a role in that is the decision that Sean McVay is going to make because as we entered the offseason – in the NFL, it wasn't entirely clear whether or not that Sean McVay wanted to return. So if he doesn't return, you'd probably think that maybe Raheem Morris could be at the top of the list as far as what they would want. So, yeah, we'll see about that. But those are at least the three names that have been most prominent as far as who the Colts are going to bring in and interview as a part of this coaching search. Is there, uh, you know, you, I know you mentioned uh, Harbaugh, and and we we looked through yeah. this. You're Jeff Saturday. You have the yeah. connection to to Ursay that nobody else has, and nobody else is ever gonna have. You will always be. You you know what you're like. You're like the the, the second wife at the table where the husband is seeing an old friend from college, and he married his college sweetheart, and they have all this history, and you're that wife on the outside. You will never be able to connect to that history. Whatsoever. That's what all these other coaches are. Yeah. Feel free to use that analysis, by the way. You're welcome, America. I expect send, send the hate email. It seems like maybe it seems like maybe the host of this show has been himself in this position in the past. I have not, but I have experience. I have not, but I've read a lot of Danielle Steele. <laughs> Nobody else can come close to that interpersonal connection. So the question before us is, how does somebody break through? How does somebody get into the head of Jim Irsay and say, I know you're in love with Jeff Saturday, but I'm going to be better to you, baby? Uh, The answer is they don't. He's going to make a decision uh, based upon what he wants. And this is kind of, you know, you mentioned that headline a little bit earlier. This is kind of where it is. Ultimately, he makes that choice. He has hired, hired, I should say, he has uh, under contract Chris Ballard, and he is going to lead this particular search. But in terms of Jeff Saturday, what we go from yesterday is that Chris Ballard was, was not completely clear, but I think you can go ahead and read through it all, that he wasn't a fan of Jeff Saturday being hired, and he's not going to be a fan of Jeff Saturday being hired longer term. But I'm just here to tell you that that is a distinct possibility because the owner wants it, and that's what it will come down to. And to me – There would be few, if any, individuals whatsoever that if he wanted that, if he wanted to make that decision, that could talk him out of making that decision. And as you mentioned, Tony, that does. Some Colts fans out there are a little bit worried because we've seen Jeff Saturday. We saw it through that one and seven interim tenure here, and they don't want that, and they think they may end up getting it back. It's logical because the owner wants it, and that is very true. Before uh, anything else, I did. Have, I had another question. It's eluding me uh, right now. Oh, that that's it. Um, when the University of Georgia beats TCU sixty-five to seven, um, it proves that TCU was never actually better than Michigan, right? <laughs> it does very much so. Yes, no doubt. Because no Georgia Michigan would have been a much more entertaining game to watch. Yes, and you know what else it tells you? Are you ready for this? It tells you, even if you saw one stinking game of C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, you saw that one game, that semifinal, a little over a week ago. If you saw that game, you saw him working as a quarterback against that Georgia defense. 
That should tell you right now that that should be the Colts' targeted quarterback. C.J. Stroud is the guy. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, that's what you have to do. You have to, because I know Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Bears, has said, all right, the trade out of number one, we're going to have to be blown away by a deal. Well, it's time to start blowing them away with the deal. All right, got to get up to that number one to make sure you have all the options. And uh, assuredly to me, it should be C.J. Stroud. He should be the future long-term quarterback of the Colts. I loved what he did against Georgia. Really, he's impressed me the entirety of the season for Ohio State. Others, not so much. But I get sick and tired of hearing the angles of, well, you know, Ohio State's never really produced great quarterbacks and all that blah, blah, blah. What I saw, and especially with that cherry on top against Georgia, even in a loss, because it wasn't on him. But even in a loss, what I saw is an NFL-ready quarterback coming from all the angles in which this Colts team needs. Youth, arm strength, decision-making, escapability, mobility, all the above. C.J. Stroud. And the, Colts being the Col- be the and the Colts being the Colts will pick up Derek Carr. <laughs> Well, it'll be, it'll be in about Will, Will Levis of Kentucky because the Kentucky's got that that strong history at quarterback of the NFL too, which they don't. I'm just joking. So yeah, so you're right. You're right. And you said Derek Carr. It'll be Derek Carr or Will Levis, and I'll be uh, crying in my beer somewhere, Tony. Uh, th- of this, I have no doubt that a beer will be involved. <laughs> JMV uh, from uh, 93.5107.5, the fan in in Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So I had noted that the Indiana Democratic Party had decided that they were going to utilize language in their attacks on the Republican Party in Indiana by utilizing terminology like, don't say gay. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. It was remarkable that there they were before the Indiana General Assembly begins. The the session begins here in Indiana. It's a budget season, so it's an extra month. A budget session, I should say. They said that the Republicans are favoring special interests and culture wars instead of solving top issues facing families across the state. They then go so far as to say Republican officials have introduced extreme measures like so-called don't say gay legislation and have hedged their support for providing full investments in the state's health care system. Put the health care system stuff to the side. No one has used the term don't say gay. That comes from Florida because that's what people were lying about when they were talking about the Parental Bill of Rights. And now the Indiana Democratic Party being liars themselves... They have now done the same. They're now out there making the same exact statement. Lying about the Republican Party. Totally, completely, 100%. Then you notice that uh, Tony Kinnett writing over at the Daily Signal, which is part of the Heritage Foundation, saying that the Indianapolis Star, the so-called, and they're still amazingly the paper of record or some nonsense like that, the Indianapolis Star has joined a long line of news outlets that find it easier to frame Florida's Parental Rights and Education Act as the Don't Say Gay Bill rather than read the three-page piece piece of legislation 
And the Indy Star now claims that the Indiana legislature is preparing its own version of what the paper dubs Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. It doesn't say anything like that. Those words never get uttered. The Indy Star is as weak and as cheap and as low class as they come. A paper that can do reporting, and they've done amazing reporting. The story of Larry Nasser, the now not a doctor who is abusing every female gymnast who is part of U.S. women's gymnastics. That was the Indy Star that did that reporting. Incredible, incredible work. When they want to do it, they can do it. They would rather, however, not do it. They would rather do nothing else than attack, attack, attack. And it's funny, the Indiana Democrats are concerned about culture wars, and then they say things like this. Also, what's wrong with parents fighting to ensure their kids get the best education? The correct answer is nothing. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. The only people angry about it are people who think the parents should have no say in their kids' education. They're engaged in a culture war. Damn straight, and they came to win. And and they are winning, which is which is terrific. I'm 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 happy to help. Yeah, I mean, parents got to do the the yeoman's work, but I'm I'm happy to talk about it here. I'm I'm happy to cheer them on. Woohoo! Go, sexy mama! Woo! Uh, by the way, a sexy mama, the given name. The Indy Star using the talking points from the Indiana Democratic Party. Who is surprised that a newspaper is getting their talking points from the political left? If it's good enough for Jimmy Kimmel. It's good enough for the Indy Star. TonyKatz.Locals.com. That's where you find everything about me. TonyKatz.Locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today.